For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. It is me, Aaron Witt, one of the hosts. This is Alex Horton, the other host. Thank you, Alex. We we are, so I'm in Tennessee. Alex is in, you're in Alabama right now? I'm in Alabama. Are you Huntsville or where? Uh, we're in Tuscaloosa. My in-laws live here. Um, my wife, born and raised here. Um, and so we are headed to the beach um, tomorrow, which is Sunday. So instead of trying to take a two and a half year old and a one year old, you know, what, however long it is from Nashville to the beach, eight, eight and a half hours, nine hours, something like that, um, splitting it up. I'm already not looking forward to that part of having kids because I like to just drive 12, 15 hours in one day. I know. Go. I just, I, I don't love it, especially because like when you get kids, there's just so much shit you're putting yeah. in the car. Like I, I have all my stuff in like a vintage like Marlboro Adventure Team like backpack for the whole week, and yet we had to rent a larger SUV just to put all the stuff in. Nice, yeah. I'm um I'm not looking forward to that part of the uh, traveling with children, but uh, I'm glad you're the one doing it this weekend. I, <laughs> is it Gulf Shores or Florida? Now we're going to uh, 30A. Where's that? Uh. Between Panama City Beach and Destin, Florida. So you're okay. So it's, it's yeah. Florida. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's like a strip of highway that just goes along the beach for I don't know however many miles, um, and they just have like little beach towns dotted along the side of it, and um, that's it's a pretty uh, popular destination for Tennessee and Alabama folks. I'm sure you've seen the stickers on the backs of cars around town. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really not all that far away. Growing up in Phoenix, Scottsdale, we had San Diego. Is, was is that like the typical beach place for people in Arizona to go to? Oh, for sure. Yeah, the 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 few like there were kind of two key destinations. You'd go in the summer. You'd either go up to Flagstaff. A lot of people have homes in Flagstaff, Arizona, yeah. which is like a two-hour drive north of Arizona, and it's up in the mountains, so it's much much cooler. Or you have San Diego, which is about a cool. six-hour drive. And a lot of people have second places out there and spend some time out there. And I would go out there most summers um, to La Jolla. Yeah. And it was very nice. Fancy. I've mm-hmm. been to Flagstaff once, and it was by train from the Phoenix area 
going to the Grand Canyon, you know, a classic American trip. Mm, yeah. I've done a little bit of that, but uh, it's something you need to do once and then you're like, good, I, I did it. And then yeah. you go on your way. I'm more open to like real train rides. Like I'd love to do like a, like a, like a music writer's retreat, like on Amtrak or something, you know, just like a long loop. But this was like an old fashioned train that had like an, a, a fake train stop with fake robbers and stuff. It was, it was not my favorite thing I've ever done. Nice. With uh, a bunch of tourists as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a, I mean, we have not recorded one of these in two weeks and a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot has happened. We did not plan this all that well because I've been traveling <laughs> and we figured I could do it on the road, but uh, oof, that's, that's a, uh, that's, that's wishful thinking. And now you are headed to vacation. So we're squeezing this in before vacation strikes and we have lots to cover. Yeah, fortunately, it's not terribly painful to talk with you. I think most people, if they said that they had a 10 a.m. call with their boss on a Saturday, they would not be that looking forward to it. But this isn't quite that. This is a, it's a different vibe that yeah. we go with for, for this one. This is really uh, as informal as it gets. No performance review today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no presentations. No, no, no. Hide the PowerPoints. Yeah. Well, what do we what do we got to cover first here? Yeah. So uh, as always, we're always hiring people. It feels like, which is really exciting. Our team's growing like crazy, and and in a way that I think um, makes everybody feel better once we realize, like, oh, this person's an expert at this thing that we didn't know we probably needed to be an expert in. Um, so uh, after a long, long, long search, um, we landed a video editor, Daniel Jaggers. Um, pretty good dude. I got to meet him yesterday. Um, well, on a call, but I got to do like my spiel on our Friday call with him. Uh, he seems like a good dude and he lives outside of Nashville. So he and I will uh, hang out soon. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to have a dinner this week. So I'll get to meet him this week, talk to him. Nice. Team's really excited to have another editor on board because it's just, there's way too much to do um, as far as video editing is concerned. So we're pretty, pretty stoked to have him on board and, and his work's been great so far. Yeah. And then um, we've we had you know Matt Briscoe. He's been with us for a few years now, but he just went full time. Mm-hmm. And this uh, California trip he joined me on was his very first official Buildwit adventure, which was very exciting. And he's doing video, and we're starting up the vlog, which is again we did it for a very brief amount of time when Angel started a few years ago, and now Matt mm-hmm. is is reviving it, revamping it, and hopefully making it consistent from here on out. So that's an exciting change. And then I know we we talked about uh, Skyler yeah. coming on board. What's Skyler, Skyler's last name? Moss. Skyler Moss. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Skyler, he came on to help our digital marketing side of the business. And that's a side of the business that we've really struggled with for the past two years. I mean, we've struggled with just about everything and still continue to struggle with everything. Sure. Um, despite our best efforts, we're getting better, um, but we're far from far from perfect. And and one of the big problems we've had is is the 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 digital market. And so that's like SEO, that's paid ads, that's all sorts of I call it just the witchcraft behind the scenes that he's really helping us with. And then we have some bigger projects in the works that he'll be helping to grow 
down the road. So his role is yeah. going to expand. Um, he's, he's working kind of to get that digital department up and running in the creative business. And then once that happens, he's going to help us grow some other programs. And, and it's really, okay, I need to stop doing this in my front table where I can see out the window. I need to face the other <laughs> way. Because a guy just drove by in an old Ford truck with a shed on the back that looks like it's something you can live out of. That Whoa. was very interesting. Nice. But anyway, yes, Skylar working on some exciting projects down the road. Not really going to talk about them yet, but um, within the next few months, we'll be talking about them quite a bit because we're, yeah. we're super excited about what we're doing. Um, he jumped in on something on our Slack channel this week that I think in the past, someone has posed a question be like, hey, how does this work? Or what do we normally do with this? And usually the answer is, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Let's find an answer. And the, the same kind of question with, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it doesn't really matter. Someone posted on the general Slack channel, like, hey, I'm running into this issue. Does any, has anybody done this before? And he jumped in and was like, okay, you're clearly an expert. I don't need to like try to find an answer for this person. Mm-hmm. He he knew the exact answer and all the small pieces around it that might have caused it to happen in the first place. It was just like, okay, you're an expert, Skylar. Thank you for being here. You're awesome. Yeah, he's filling a, a void that we've had for a long time now. And we've wanted him on board for quite a while, but it just hasn't yeah. made sense until now. The thing with our business to become as cost to be as cost effective as possible over the past few years, we've used a lot of outside contractors to do yeah. a lot of a lot of our work. So the SEO stuff and a lot of the digital side of the business we've tried to do on our own. And then we're just like, well, let's just get a contractor and they're an expert at it. It'll be more cost effective for them to do it. But as we've scaled, you know, those bills become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they be- they they get to a point a lot of times where it's like, well, we really need to reevaluate this because now we're paying them way more than what we could hire an expert ourselves to do this yeah. with. So is it worth moving in that new direction? And this was an opportunity where, okay, yeah, this this is worthwhile and, and worth maybe cutting, cutting here and, and bringing this in-house. So that's why we brought him on. But a lot of other relationships we have are relationships we'll hopefully have for many, many, many years we'll never want to bring in-house. It's just, um, it's kind of a case-by-case thing and things change and we're just trying to be as cost-effective as possible on our end. It's all, you know, I, I just had this conversation the other day. People say it's not all about money, but it really does all come down to money at the end of the day. I mean, you sure. do, we are operating a business and you need to make sure the dollars and cents work out at the end of the day. And if they're not working out as well as they should be, you need to make adjustments. So this was one of those exciting adjustments prompted by our need to be more cost effective, but it really has worked out well for us so far. It's almost the opposite of how um, a lot of our partners can see BuildWit, where it's, you know, and we've, we've, we've sold our business as you can hire one person who can do some stuff, or you can work with BuildWit and you have a whole team at your disposal that's, that scales up and down depending on your needs. Um, and so I, I think it's interesting for me to look at it that way, where, you know, even though we are, we are a contractor to some of our partners and that way they, they see us, you know, we're, we're obviously not, um, official employees of, um, KLE or, you know, whoever else, but 
they can use our team in some of those ways that they would um, just like a singular employee, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, we also have that part of it where, hey, I mean, they could replace us at any time. Yeah. So we need to make sure we're justifying our value. Every time they write us a check, we need to be sure that, okay, we are delivering that amount of value for them. And if we're not, we need to make changes. And we haven't always done that. Um, hopefully, you know, we're doing that mostly right now. And I feel like we're we're in a pretty good spot right now, only getting better. But it's definitely motivating to know that they could move on any time. And, and it's, it's happened. Um, companies have said, you know, hey, we're going to do this internally for better or for worse. And that's just the reality of, of where we live. Yeah. Um, another thing that's exciting, man, I feel like that since the last time we talked, Aaron, a million things have happened in our office build. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's like this week, next week or the, or the two weeks, it's, I think really going to start ramping up because walls are going in and until the walls go in, it's just really hard to visualize what the space is actually going to transform into. So up until this point, it's it's been a lot of work just on the shell. So we we painted the ceiling and then we did all the plumbing, which was pretty extensive because just the room under the floor is is pretty much non-existent. So they had to take a lot of time to figure that out. They're doing HVAC. And then while I was in California, they sanded the floors, patched the floors, and sealed the floors. They look awesome. Which was yeah, they I was in there this morning and they they're just they're so beautiful. So beautiful. And um, it's, it's, you know, all historic wood flooring that they sanded down and sealed and really did nothing to otherwise. So it's far from perfect. There's still holes. There's still parts of boards that are missing and this and that, but I just, I love the character of it and it's something you can't recreate. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited about that. So they're, they're sealing all the floors are done. They're, they're, they're going to cover the floors so they don't get beat up while we're doing the walls. And then uh, hopefully this week, walls will start to go up and things will really start to take shape. Um, and rad. then I'm going to our furniture builders um, workshop this week to check out the first workstation that they've put together to see what it looks like and, and make sure we're exactly where we need to be before they build all the others. But furniture has begun as well. So that's a, that's the exciting thing. And I've, what I've learned about building stuff is there's lead times associated with it. And right now mm -hmm. lead times are pretty high, uh, long because of the past year and, and production's been all messed up everywhere. And, oh, you want this tile? It's going to be 10 weeks to get it. So it's, it's a lot of trying to think ahead on, okay, if we want our furniture by July, we need to be planning this many months back and then we need to start building it by this many months and we need to have the chairs ordered by, by this time. And everything is trying to think as ahead of as possible. Yeah. So that is the other big, big change. So it's not been super dramatic yet, but this week it should be just flying off the hook is what I hope. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I feel like the last time we talked, it was like, well, we're still trying to get started on the floors. We're still trying to get the, plumbing figured out. There's just some issues there. Still trying to figure out what's going on with HVAC. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're about to start walls. And I, like, you're, like you yeah. said, I think that's, that's when it comes like real, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, I've, I've been, I've spent a lot of time in that building just trying to visualize what it's going to be once it's done. And I have a pretty good idea in my head, but no one else can really see what's in my head. 
And so until it's done, um, I, 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 I just, I just want it done so people can see what I see. And I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm just so excited about it. And the other side of it too is it's, there's a lot of financial pressure there because we're spending a lot of money on it. We're, we're heavily investing in this space and it's more money. I mean, I, I'm spending more money on this than I ever have anything in my life by far, by far. And it's like, I know it's going to work and I know it's all going to be so, so worthwhile. But at the same time, I don't, I don't have tangible proof of that, that I'm yeah. right. I mean, I could totally be totally dead wrong. And, and we just wasted all this money for, for no good reason. I know that's not going to happen but until it actually materializes, there's that irrational fear of what if this doesn't work? So I'm, I'm just excited to get to the finish line so that I can, I can somewhat prove to myself like, okay, this was the right call for our yeah. business, for our people, for our partners, for the industry. Like we, we made the right decision here. But until we get there, it's, it's a little nerve wracking. Can't wait, dude. I'm excited. Me too. Um, but we got a couple of good questions this week. You want to dive in? I, I want to just cover California real quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just wrapped up two weeks in California and, and I addressed it in, in last week's episode that I haven't actually recorded while I've, I've been in California and it was a, a wild, wild two weeks. I saw so many amazing things. I covered it a little bit on Instagram this morning, but I did, farming and demolition and residential subdivisions and underground and saw a tunnel and saw a transfer station, landfills and and just all sorts of amazing stuff, a scrapyard, fire dozer training. It's just amazing how much work there is and and how many great people there are in this industry doing amazing things and that just propel society forward. Like I went to this one tunnel and it's a, a, a sewer, a, a treated water outflow. So they treat all the wastewater coming into this facility from LA. And then it goes seven miles through this tunnel, 18 foot in diameter tunnel out into the ocean and it's treated water. So it's, it's, it's fine. There's nothing. It, it, I mean, you technically you could drink it, but um, it's stuff like that. It's you, you flush your toilet in LA and you don't think twice about that. Or I went and saw Josh McCahill, who's been on the podcast, seeing um, orchard removal and vineyard removal and, and just the scale of how many damn trees there are and how many farms there are all to feed America. People think, and I was talking to him, like people think food comes from the grocery store and it doesn't. It comes from fields tended to by very hardworking People, hardworking farmers, most most of which are immigrants. And just to see that hands-on, it just gives you such a um, bigger perspective on everything. And it was so cool to meet so many many new people this this uh, over the past few weeks. And it was cool to be doing it without the pressure of having to deliver any kind of product. Not a single visit I did over the past two weeks was paid. There was no money exchanged at all. I just out of pocket paid for the paid for the entire trip. Um, so I didn't owe anybody. So I could just go out there, meet people, create, see as much cool stuff as possible. And it was amazing how many just welcoming people there are in this industry and how many, I mean, like the fire dozer training, for example, a guy named Mike, he just messaged me on, on Instagram. Saw I was going to be in California. He's like, Hey dude, 
we're doing dozer training tonight. If you want to come out, and I'm like, hell yeah, I want to come out. And it's just like that, that would have never happened had I not been sharing about my stuff on, on social media and have we, had we not created this, this great community or this guy, John Hovde with, with Goodfellow. You know, I spent a whole day with him. He's vice president of Goodfellow, huge, huge contractor in Northern California. Everybody knows who they are. And he took the whole day just taking us around job sites. Would have never, never been able to make that happen if it weren't for, um, you know, talking to him back and forth for a year plus through LinkedIn because I saw a badass photo of them running two Komatsu 1250s side by side. I'm like, that's badass. Reach out to the guy. Hey, could I come out and see you guys one day? One, two, six, there I am a year later checking out projects with them all day. So it's just, um, I'm, I'm pretty beat up. I'm pretty exhausted. Um, it's going to take me a little bit to just wrap my mind around this whole trip, but it was a really, really good, good time. I don't want to do it again for a little bit. Sure. I really, I can't do that all the time, but it was super fulfilling and I'm as optimistic about this industry as ever before, which is, which is a really good feeling to have. Man, I feel like your variety that you got to experience was, was pretty mind blowing to me. Um, just like seeing, you know, when you did the fire dozer training, like that was pretty late, right? Like that was. Yeah, they were, so they, they went all day and then they train at night. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what's cool is I, I love, I love training and I love just rugged environments and that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, they train at night because fires don't stop at night. Mm-hmm. Fires don't, oh shit, it's dark. We're going to pack up shop and, and start burning down this forest again tomorrow morning. Like, no, 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 you, you, you fight the damn thing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, however long it takes to get this damn thing contained. Yeah. These, these people, they're just so, it's just a life that's so amazing and hardcore and fulfilling. And it's very humbling for me to see it firsthand. It's mm-hmm. just very, very humbling to see all these, you know, Cal Fire folks and, and firefighters from Orange County and LA County and, and, and all the different counties around there coming together to work all night plowing fire breaks through Camp Pendleton and just north of San Diego. It's just I just, I was just sitting there like, holy shit, this is, this is so spectacular and something so few people see. And it's just so amazing to see how many great people there are all here dedicated to keeping the rest of the people in this state safe when fires threaten them. So I could go on and on, but it was a really spectacular trip. Uh, Very exhausting, but I'm very happy I did it. Well, I'm going to talk to the boss and see if you can get to do that more every once in a while. Yeah, I talked to, I mean, I, I again, I, I put it on social media this morning. There was a lot of guilt being away from the business for two weeks because the business is moving so fast. And I just, I feel guilty a lot of times, you know, hey, I'm just out here having fun and everyone's busting their asses. And it's like, if I, am I pulling my weight or should I really be out here? Like, shouldn't I be doing other more important things? And so you I had brief moments of guilt through the through the two weeks and probably something to talk to my therapist about. But Dan and I agreed, like, hey, you probably need to do this once a quarter and just get out there for one or two weeks, pound the pavement, see different parts of the country, see as much of the industry as possible, explain what we're doing to as many people as possible, and just keep your ear to the ground. 
Um, our business, you know, we're, we're here to make the dirt world a better place. We can't make the dirt world a better place if we don't intimately understand the problems of the dirt world and, and the, the problems the industry is facing. And, and what's the best way to figure out those problems? It's to go out into the industry and talk to people and see everything firsthand. So it's, it's, I know it's really important in the big picture, but there, there definitely was a twinge of guilt there as well. Even, I mean, I was working 15, 16 hours a day for 12 days while traveling and staying in different Airbnbs every night. It was exhausting in its own right. But um, yeah, I, I just, business is moving so fast. It's, it's weird to be away from it for even two weeks. You go for two weeks, you might've changed the model of the company. I know. Well, in, in, in the past two weeks, I mean, Dan and I've been back and forth on some really <laughs> big shit. That's super exciting. Yeah. It's just like, there's part of me that, you know, I'm on the road, but I just want to go go back to work. Like, I just want to dig back into this stuff because it's so, so cool what we're doing. I'm so fired up. Um, but I, I need to, you know, compartmentalize a little bit. And when I'm on the road, be on the road. When I'm back home, I'm back home working. So glad I did the two weeks, but I'm also super happy to be back. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you back. Um, I think the, the best um, balance for you is to let Aaron be Aaron sometimes. And if, yeah, and if that's uh, you know, you're a road dog, I think that's certainly part of your your DNA. Well, but the funny thing is, it's like bulldozers pushing dirt. That's part of my DNA. Yeah. But the the travel and the talking to people and the meeting strangers and all of that is so so against my nature. So against my nature. And I've, I, I, I again, I wrote about it this morning. Like I, there's. Most trips, I don't really look forward to. Like low key, I I hope that a lot of our trips fall through for whatever reason, because it's like I have this anxiety before I go out on every single trip. And I've been doing this nonstop for years now. And I still have that anxiety about traveling and meeting people and and just being outgoing because it's not who I am. I just want to live under my rock, do my own little thing. And yet I love the industry and I love seeing dirt being moved. And, and so it's this weird, I really just every single day I have to overcome that desire to just say, I'm just going to pack my bags and leave early. You know, I, I'm just going to call it a day. And, and it's, it's really hard for me to stay out on the road that long. But that's like the 1%, the 99% is like, holy shit, this is such a blessing this is such an amazing opportunity. These are such amazing people. These are amazing job sites. I'm creating this, this work that, that I've, I've never been able to create before. It's just at another level. And I'm able to share this with so many people. And so many people are, are, are appreciative of what we do for the industry and are following along. And so it's, all, it's not me complaining or being ungrateful. I'm super, super grateful. But at the same time, it is a daily struggle to do it. For me. Do you consider yourself an introvert? Yeah. Like, and if you look at like the definition of introvert, extrovert, people think it's like, are you good with people? Or are you not good with people? No, it's like, no, 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 no. It's really like, it's just how you're, how you're fed and how you derive energy. Like, do you gain energy from being with people or do you lose energy from being with people? And I, it just saps me. It sucks everything I have out of me when I'm with people. I, I enjoy it. I like being with people. But it's like at the end of the day, I'm 
I'm toast. I'm done. And I need to be by myself. I need to just spend time alone. And that's why I had Matt come out the second week, not the first week. There was a lot of cool shit he could have filmed the first week, but I just wanted to be alone. I just wanted to be on my own in my truck, driving by myself for 1500 miles in a week, seeing as many, because I knew I was just going to be with so many people and meeting some, like I just needed, I needed that time to me. So I'm, I'm like definition introvert and I've had to really overcome Like it's an, it's, it's an, it's an asset a lot of times and it's a total obstacle other times. And I've really had to actively work to become better with, with people. And I'm way better today than I was in high school. I mean, holy shit, it's a black and white difference, but I still have a long ways to go. I think you and I have something similar um, in that you and I are both introverts that can play extrovert. Um, you yeah. know, especially when it comes to things that we we like and care about. Um, you know, it's but at the end of the day. I, I'm similar to you. When when I come home, like when we had our our big company meeting at the beginning of December, like after those two days, I was like, I don't really want to work tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I just like I need yeah. to I need to sit and decompress. Like that takes a lot out of me, um, emotionally, physically, even. It just yeah, I I need that recharge that is not with people, even though I may I might enjoy some of the that social. Um, that social community that that comes from uh, working with you know our team and in person and being together with people that that doesn't fill my cup up in a way that I need to sit in this room by myself for four hours probably would a hundred percent you know and it's like that's why I don't go out really after stuff like that yeah like you won't see me out with people later that night it, I just don't do it because I can't like if I'm like Con Expo is a good example we're in Vegas everyone's fucking off every night. You know, there's all sorts of lavish parties and going to casino. Oh yeah, this and that. And that's what you do in Vegas. But it's like, after I talk to people all day, that is the absolute last thing <laughs> I personally want to do. Yeah. And I, I just need to leave. Like I need to go home because I will not be functioning the next day if I don't get just an hour or two to me before doing it all over again the next day. That's probably the best example I have. But it's like when we have these social events or we had our round table, everyone went out after. It's like, I'm the first one to leave because I've been talking to people all day. I've been on all day. I need some time without that. Yeah. So anyway, I think we can get to questions. All right, questions. Uh, first question is from Rafael Olvera. Nice question. Big fan of the movement. I can honestly say that BuildWit has turned up the notch in the industry for good. I've come across similar efforts towards making the dirt world a better place through media, consulting, etc. How are your relationships with your competitors that share the same mission of making the dirt world a better place? I mean, it sounds rude, but it's like, I love that a lot of people are, are doing it and we need everybody on board with making the industry better. I'm not dumb enough to think that we can do it alone and, and not egotistical to think that we can do it alone. But at the same time, I really do my best to ignore everybody else. And there's like this, there's thing going on and I've talked about it and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's like everybody's here to be best friends. And, and it, it sounds like, like a douchebag thing to say, but it's like, I'm not here to be friends with everybody. 
I'm here to seriously make the industry better and and win. And I'm 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 very hungry, very competitive, and I get in my head a lot when I look at what other people are doing. So I've done my best to ignore everything else. And and I think that's really, really important for how I operate. I just want to do what I think is right. And as a business, do what we think is right and not do something because someone else is doing it. It's like the one story that comes to mind. And I, I don't know if I've told this. I might have even talked about this on podcast. There, there's a story, and it might have been in, in one of Simon Sinek's books. And he talks about, he was just at, uh, there was a, an Apple conference and a Microsoft conference, same day, talking about their new products. And he was with Microsoft guys, a uh, Microsoft executive first, and the Microsoft executive in, in, the, in the conference, it was so focused on how their product was better than Apple and what the Apple guys were doing and why their product was superior. And then he went to the Apple guys and the Apple conference, and it was just about Apple. It was just about the product, not a single mention of anybody else. And he asked the executive, you know, afterwards, he's like, are you guys worried about what these other folks are doing? And he's just said, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference whatsoever to what we do. We're not concerned. We're just focused on making the best products we can possible and doing what we think is right. And I think there's so much value in that mindset. And Andy Frisella, he talked about it on an Arte call recently. And he said, you know, I started really doing well when I, when I shifted my mindset from, from beating everybody. And I've been there. I just want to go crush people to focusing on becoming so good that they can't keep up and just running faster and faster and faster and, and, and rooting for everybody. But ultimately just running so fast that no one can keep up with you. And that's what, what I like to be. I guess that's the mindset I'm trying to create now is, is being genuinely respectful and appreciative and, and happy for everybody, but also so focused on you guys can go do that. We're going to go do this and we're going to run faster. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I know what I'm putting in and I know what we're putting in as a, as an organization. I know what we're putting together and the team we have and the culture we have. And it's like, we've talked about this, Dan and I, about NDAs and that kind of stuff and non-competes. We don't believe in them because it's like, you can go take our game plan and go try it. But we're, we're going, we're going to out maneuver, maneuver you every single time. Maybe not every single time, but that's just, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question without seeming like a total asshole, but I'm really hungry. I'm really competitive. And the way I see it is I don't really care about what other people are doing. I appreciate what they're doing. I'm glad they're doing it. I, we can't do it alone, but I'm trying to focus as much of my energy as possible on us and my work and our work and our partners and our ability to make the dirt world a better place. That's really it to me. And it's hard. It's really hard to be that focused. And I lose focus a lot. And I've lost focus a lot lately. But I try my best to keep coming back to just focus on what's right in front of us, focus on what we can control, focus on building our culture, focus on getting the best people on our team possible, and pay no attention to what other people are doing. Our very first phone call that you and I had was probably 
to be almost a year and a half ago. Um, it was just for you and I to meet before I came on officially to the team. It was maybe in November or early December of t- 2019. And um, I asked a, a sort of similar question. I said, you know, who are the competitors in your industry or in your line of work? And this is before I came on. I didn't, you know, I, I knew some about BuildWit, but certainly didn't know the, um, the vision for the, the company in the future. And you said, well, I just don't think about them. Like, I just don't think about it. And I think my initial reaction was, well, shouldn't we be thinking about that sort of thing? But I think, honestly, in my first week with BuildWit, it became clear. It's like, oh, we're just trying to do really good work. And we know that the quality of the work that we do and the folks that we're going to work with are going to speak for themselves and that that alone is going to put us um, light years ahead of anybody else because we know what our vision is. We know what drives us and um, we know that we're developing the right kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing the right thing, but, but we're very competitive too. I mean, I want to yeah. win. I want to win big and, and I don't want anyone else to come close. So, and you don't, you don't win big without doing good shit. No. And that's the thing, you know, and that's, that's how we're going there day to day. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, we're, we're our toughest competition and we, we went into a presentation. It was maybe like two months ago now, three months ago to a massive materials company. And we were going up against two other agencies, like just traditional, you know, pretty high dollar, powerful agencies. And we told ourselves like, hey, if we look at this, like we're tr- like, we can't out agency these, these companies. They're better than us. They're better agencies. They're more functional. They've been doing it longer. They have all these fancy logos and clients on their websites. We can't out agency them, but they can't out build with us. They can't out perform our industry knowledge and our love for the industry. So let's just do our thing. And, and rather than trying to create a presentation that beat their presentation, yeah. it's just, hey, let's just be wholly us. Let's just be as authentic to what we believe in as possible and let them make the decision. If they want the best agency out there, they're not going to choose us. But if they want a group of people that really, really fucking loves this world and that really understands it, really cares for it and really wants to push it forward, these other two groups are not going to be able to come close to that. So it's, it's, it's been... You know, again, like it, it's a challenge. It's it, I, my mind goes into that dark place all the time, and I need to constantly pull myself out of it. Stop worrying about other people. Focus on you. Focus on you. Focus on you. And then, you know, on social media, it's like I don't need to be friends with everybody. I don't need people to like me. I don't care. I really, I really don't. I used to be. I used to wanted to be. I, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be the guy. Wow. Yeah. He's he's so just so amazing. This and that. And now I'm just like, I don't care. I'm just going to do the best work I can, build the best company I can, build the best culture we can, and let people judge it for, for, for themselves. And, and if they talk shit about it, they talk shit about it is what yep. it is. I'm with you, man. Raphael, thank you. That was a great question. Uh, next question is from Cody Glasman. Pretty, pretty short and simple, but I feel like you certainly probably have a, an opinion. Tracks over wheels, which do you prefer? 
Um, I was going to get a wheeled skid steer. I was going to get 242. And then I met with Thompson and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't get, <laughs> you don't get a wheeled skid steer in Tennessee. Like you just don't do it. In Arizona, everybody has a wheeled skid steer. Oh, Everyone really? has wheels on theirs. Yeah. Oh, everybody. And then you come out here, you very rarely see wheels. You really only see wheels with guys like demo contractors, pavement, uh, paving contractors, guys that work on on stable ground. But you've wanted two ground conditions. In Tennessee, you either have rock or you have mud. Yeah, mud, not dirt, mud. Yeah, and mud and tr tracks are just better on both of those materials and both of those ground conditions. So that's why they're like, dude, just, just get the tracks. Like you don't want to be... You don't want to be cutting corner here. And so I got the tracks. That's why I got the tracks. I don't think one is, I, there's, there's so many, I don't know. I just read a whole book on the subject. Like it's so easy to say one thing is better than the other. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, tracks are just, they're just better. And it's like, no, ne they're not necessarily better in every condition. There's, there's conditions in which wheels are superior. And it's like, learn about what the hell you're going to be using your machine for and go with that that type of machine and, and both can be correct too. I mean, what, what if wheels and tracks work very well on a ground condition? Okay. Track can work great on pavement. Wheels can work great on pavement. It's, it's, it's just such a, this is such a funny egotistical world in which everyone likes to say that their thing is better than the other guy or their method is better than the other guy. It's like, I've traveled enough. I've seen enough different ways of doing things to know that there's a lot of gray area in this industry. And there's a lot of tools that can outperform others or are the same as others. And it's just up to the user. So I think that's my best answer there. Pretty vague and not all that informative, but. With Frisch and Sons out in California, do all the little baby skid steers, those are all wheeled, right? Yeah, so you don't even have an option to put tracks on a baby one. I mean, someone okay. could probably figure it out. I'm sure they're, I'm sure one exists <laughs> out there, but they only sell them with wheels. Well, thanks, Cody. How's a good one, dude? Uh, last question is actually from one of our BuildWit team members. It's from Lewis. Lewis Steele. Oh, no. Real good, dude. He says, how many partners let you hop in the driver's seat for a turn at running some iron? Um, Almost all. I just try to be respectful and thoughtful about it. It's like you don't just walk into somebody's house and start making yourself a meal just unannounced. Like you don't just walk through the door and then it's just start cooking a meal in their kitchen, like a full-on fucking lasagna, uh, you're going you're gonna to talk to them first. And you're going to say, hey, you know, can I come by? And, and you're going to warm up into it before, before you do that. So I try to be respectful, thoughtful about it. Most companies, it works. Um, Non-union areas or uh, union areas, I try to be just a little bit more thoughtful. I don't want to ruffle any feathers and rustle any jimmies and think I'm... <laughs> have people worried about me taking jobs or it gets kind of weird in union areas. So I stay away from that, but most everybody's really cool about it. And I've run a lot of just crazy equipment through asking to run crazy equipment. And the worst, worst they can say is no. And I get told no a lot, but it's worth trying. Like that exact approach is how like the music scene in downtown Nashville, like especially on Broadway works in any bar. It's, you know, a bunch of great musicians playing songs. You can go up and say, hey, can I sit on a song? The worst thing that's going to happen is them saying no. But a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, man, come on up. What do you know? Like, that's just 
the culture down there and I, i've played with all kinds of like you know seeing friends bands and they'd be like hey come play bass you know or whatever it is that's funny that it's i mean it's the exact same approach it's funny to me that's no different and and like anything i mean it, it, it's a pretty similar formula to really doing a lot of things in life and humans don't like rejection but once you're rejected once you're like okay that wasn't so bad and then i made it through yeah and then you just get better and better at being rejected and taking it for what it's worth and moving on down the road. Um, and, and I also, I, I try to be smart enough to know like when it's appropriate to even ask and when it's just not appropriate. Um, you know, like a guy, like, I don't know, like running a drag line in North American mining, you know, in water, I'm not going to ask like, Hey, can I run this brand new AC drag line that's sitting on the edge of this enormous pond? Like, I, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask and and maybe there'll be a day where I can run a drag line but that's not it so I try to be smart but that's that's that you don't walk up to the cockpit on a a flight and be like hey can I fly this thing you know sometimes it's just like that's probably not the right they're not they're not the right scene yeah but maybe you're flying a 172 that your buddy has and it's like. Hey, hey, could I, oh, yeah. you know, maybe mess around with the controls while we're up in the air? And they're like, hell yeah, you can. So it, it's 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 all about context. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I think that's it. Uh, well, Lewis, hopefully that answers your question, man. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about this week's guest? This week's guest is John Shedek. I think that's how you say his, his last name. He is another greater extraordinary owner operator. He just moved. From uh, Northern California, I think he was working all over Sacramento area, and and he just went to Texas. So it's going to be a super exciting conversation talking to him about just running equipment, talking to him about being an owner operator, which is a very unique um, unique model, and 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 it's big in California, not all that big elsewhere. And it's going to be awesome to talk to him about moving to Texas and what that's like, and the contrast between California, Texas. And just moving to a different place with different dirt, different people, different methods, tons of tons of really cool stuff to talk about. So super excited about that episode. I think that's it. Um, we got some ribs to grill today and some beers to drink. So that is what I'm going to do for my day off Saturday. All right, man. Well, I guess we'll see you, see you on the next one. And we'll see all of our listeners on the next one too. We've not let them down. Stay dirty. See you guys later.